0: Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and change agents who give us their messages of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. And today we're talking to entrepreneur, author, and adventurer, Captain Jim Palmer, Are you ready to break free of others' expectations, to quit listening to the negative voices in your head and just say yes to your dreams? Listen as Jim, who teaches others how to quiet all those what-ifs and empower you to go after your dreams, how to turn your disappointments into opportunities as a chance to do what you really wanna do. Learn right now how to create and live your dream business and lifestyle. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Jim.
1: What an honor, Lauren. And we just met a couple of weeks ago. I interviewed you and it's like, man, we all had this chemistry going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I reached out to you originally because I thought I love the concept of 52 Weeks of Hope. So I'm really honored to be on.
0: It was so great. And definitely when you talked about being 41 and being terminated and then getting a cancer diagnosis and being the sole breadwinner with four Mm. kids, that's why I was like, okay, you have to talk about overcoming that. But just as importantly, you and your wife, your kids are out of the house, having the nerve to pack up everything, move to live on a houseboat.
1: I (laughs) mean, right there. Yeah. 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 Right. (laughs) I mean, it's like,
0: I mean, to take that kind of a leap takes nerve too. So how did you, and you said you're not even boat people, people that are like, boat people. I can see. We things. are now. We yeah, consider sure. ourselves
1: boat people. And you know what? <laughs> Stephanie and I are, we're drawn to the water. So I guess if you're drawn to the water, a boat's a good place to be since we don't have lakefront property. <laughs> but you don't have
0: a house to give when you're not into the water to be like, okay. No.
1: There's something we have learned magical about floating and being on the water, uh, being 20 miles off the shore, Having your heart beaten out of your chest, and then you make it back to the dock, and you go, "Oh my God, did I just do that?" You know, (laughs) and it's so peaceful. Stephanie and I found several times in our five-year journey, Lauren, and I, as I mentioned to you, we did over 12,000 miles. We didn't just like live on a boat. We traveled up and down the coast. And there was a couple times, probably a handful of times when we were within one hour, just scared out of our wits, like, what are we doing? This is done. We're selling the boat. And then watching a sunset, or we wake up and it's yeah. beautiful and we just move on with it. And the thing it is is we just felt very alive, whether you're scared out of your wits and just deep appreciation for the lifestyle It we felt alive. One of the sayings that we came up with uh, whenever we'd be scared to death was, "Well, we could be watching TV on the sectional." Yeah, that (laughs) That was. To me, I have that written
0: down. We could be watching TV on a sectional, which is so not me. I mean, I'm not a TV watcher, but it says everything. It It, It does. It encompasses everything. So, what had you guys make that leap? I will go back to how. I mean, you've written seven books, you've done so much and you have Mm -hmm. so much to teach, but what gave you guys the oomph to take that kind of a leap?
1: We were in our home for, I guess, about 28, 29 years. We raised four kids, beautiful property for that acre and a half of grass, so, but I'm cutting grass I'm I'm cutting up trees that fall down in the winter you know shoveling the driveway and I was just getting tired of caring for the home when it was just the two of us and Stephanie was at the time in a pretty high pressure job I've been an entrepreneur since 2001 so I'm I'm location independent but you know obviously she had her job when she decided to leave her job we were suddenly not location dependent anymore and she came home one day after work and said "Jim we need to go on a big adventure" And we sat and talked about it because, so we were, let's see, we were 57. I was 57, somewhere around there. And we had felt like we've lived a very safe, predictable life. Raise the kids, go to church, put some money away. You know, we have insurance. You, everything is like by the book. And we, Stephanie thought we should go do something very adventurous while we're still young and healthy and good shape, right? My old expression was, I want to go take a boat trip and be on a boat before my bones get so brittle, I'm going to. Break my leg getting in the boat, you know? So we tossed around a bunch of things, Lauren. Living on an island, traveling to this and said, Well, what if we lived on a boat? So we originally were going to do it for one year. We thought that would be enough. We were going to go to Florida and back into New England. And that would be amazing. Well, turns about two to three months into our what was our big adventure, our big adventure became our lifestyle. And we did it for a little over five years. Uh, and it, it all started because we just wanted to do something outside the box.
0: Which is just so fabulous. I love that. Okay. So let's go back because I mean, people, they're like, well, what if, what if, what if, which yeah. is a big thing of yours with the just say, yes, people sit there in their head and don't take action. And you're an action guy.
1: You know, it's part of, I've been coaching, you know, I've I've grown several businesses and then I started coaching in 2009. And one of the things that I realized is that and so I, I never went to school for psychology. This is my uneducated <laughs> way of describing it. And I think there's two halves of your brain. There's the half that gets like really excited and ro- almost romantically and like a- attracted to this idea. If you're, it's going to be living on a boat, it's going to be great. Sunrises, sunsets, we're floating, you know, to sleep. And then when you decide to do it, because this is going to be fantastic, the other side of your brain kicks in, and I call it the the what if you know dream destroyer, because the what ifs kick in. And for me, I experienced it. Like we made a decision, we're going to sell the house. We spent the summer getting it ready. You know, I'm big on social media, way more than. So I was a big fan of announcing your big goals. Like, hey, I'm writing another book. It's going to be out in 60 days. Well, that was pressure because a lot of people, were, when's your book coming out? So you see, so <laughs> but anyway, that's the whole thing about goals. But I, so we said we're going to do this. Now, oh my gosh, the what ifs kicked in like crazy, Lauren. Like, well, what if I run aground? What if we run out of fuel out in the ocean? What if we you know, can't dock the boat in high winds? What if, and just all these what ifs, because I've never driven a 50 foot boat before. But you know what? I read this book. Guy was an entrepreneur, sailor, singer, songwriter. And he said, a lot of people dream about, he's a sailor living on a sailboat and they don't do it because they always think what's going to go wrong. He says, but what if you just say yes to your big dream and then you find out, oh, this is not too bad a potty language. He goes, what if you find out you're a badass captain and you get to live the adventure of your dreams? Oh, but it's only if you say yes and overcome you know, all these questions. And I thought So I wrote my book, Just Say Yes. And I actually sent him a signed copy and said, I give you credit for helping me name this book. It was your book that got me to live this lifestyle.
0: That's so great. Okay. So about writing the book and having 60 days, because you said that's a different, you you announced, I'm going to do this in 60 days. I, yeah. I mean, there's
1: so many people want to write a book. Well, my first book, well, oh, there's my you reverse first, shoulder. Okay, the, yeah, the, yeah, the Magic yeah. of Newsletter Marketing took 18 months. And in reality, in full disclosure, I share this whenever I speak, I wrote the book in about nine months, but it took me about another nine months To get the courage to publish it. Now, in 2009, there was no print-on-demand like today. It's almost like you can start a business today, like with almost no money down. (laughs) Virtual website, business cards for free. I mean, it's ridiculous. In 2009, I had to place an order for 3,000 books, so it was like it was a big commitment. So I wanted to make sure the book was correct, but. It was just ridiculous because again the what ifs were kicking in and then I heard the speaker say my imperfect book is selling and getting me clients and helping people while your perfect book is still in your word processor. I was in a room of about 2000 people and I swear he was talking to me. So, I published my book and the next one only took about, you know, 7 months but the last 3 books, 4 books that I wrote were written and published in 60 days because I decided Lauren that I was okay If there's a missing comma, it's not the end of the world. I choose to be judged on the value of the information and content and good ideas that I'm sharing and not the imperfect way in which I share it. That's kind of the mantra I live by.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, that's so good. So there's so many people that they feel like they're not doing what they're called here to do. They have this sense like they're not living in joy. They're not happy. They're not fulfilled. How do you help them get clear on what it is they want to do? And then they're scared. I can't do that. So how do you help them get clear? And
1: Well, there's an expression, perfectionism or perfectionist is a label you wear so it doesn't have to be your fault. In other words, what most holds most people back from kind of pulling the trigger, launching, writing, publishing, whatever, is I'm afraid of what people will say if it's not perfect. Oh, I'm a perfectionist. I'll put it out someday. Well, that therefore they never have to face the onslaught. And believe me, there's no onslaught. Yeah. I've had people reach out through email, like, oh, Jim, just what thought you'd want to know on page 137. You misspelled this. I'm like, okay, thanks. I'll let my team of editors yeah, yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The team, the team, I'll yes. let my team know. So on the next printing, we'll fix it. N- nobody's gonna like, you know, embarrass you to death. It's people that they become worried and what I just said you know, about two minutes ago was make a decision as an entrepreneur, author, coach, speaker, whatever. Just choose that you want to be judged on the information that you share and not the imperfect way in which you share it. I've told so many of my clients that and they're like, wow, that really works. Because one of the ladies I work with, she said, I've got a voice like Minnie Mouse. I said, well... So does uh, oh, that boxer. I can't remember the boxer's name. <laughs> but he's got a voice like Minnie Mouse. Not everybody has a big booming voice. By the way, you are so smart at what you do. You understand franchising. You're very, very good. You help people, blah, blah, blah. Rest on that and not what you perceive to be an imperfection, which is your squeaky voice. <laughs> Believe me, people will forget that when you yeah. help them. You know, so
0: my dentist, my dentist, I said, just answer the three most often asked questions. I said, what dentist has ever answering questions you're so good nobody's listening to your voice i said that would help so much i know <laughs> she said i don't like my voice but i mean i understand that
1: she got well, a lot of people kids. don't get on video you know you yeah, probably know that, that. that i mean y- you're yeah. very comfortable i'm comfortable but that wasn't always no, the i'm case. not
0: i'm No, actually not i yes, just don't think about it i don't <laughs> think about well like this interviewing you because i'm listening to you i'm not thinking about me yeah i'm so busy that's my Which, whole
1: thing. So you know what though? Here's a, a quick little story because again, it re, it goes back to perfectionist. When I started doing videos in 2009, I don't know if you remember that little Kodak camera with a little flip. They called the flip camera. Suddenly, you could be create a video for like a hundred bucks, and you didn't have to spend like six hundred dollars for a camera, right? When I so I started doing video. I was doing everything I could to like get my word. My name out there. And, but I would be like, hello, I'm Jim Palmer. I'd like to share some business tips with you because I'm very smart. <laughs> but that was my persona because I thought that's what people would react to. Well, it turns out I can just be me, a little bit silly, immature on the other side, but I've got some really good business sense, right? But I can just share the business sense and everything else and just mix it in with my own personality. And what has saved me more times than not, Lauren, is Marketing in all of its forms, including video, is meant to do two things. It's going to attract the right people to you, and it's going to repel people you're not meant to work with. Because there are some yeah. people who would find it offensive. For example, right now, I, I tend to look at the picture of you on my screen. I should probably be looking up at my camera, right? <laughs> yeah, but I I, 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 I want to look at the person I'm talking to. I can't fix it. I've tried, so I'm okay. Forgive me if I'm not looking at the camera. Just re- judge me from the information i'm sharing on this video
0: it's true i know that too but i i i have to look at the picture that's on the screen also i I know i'm supposed to look at the little dot on the on the uh, laptop but yeah it's not (laughs) happening so and yeah that's kind of how it is for me too so when you're working with people and how do you help people get clear if they think well i want to do this i want to do this i want to do this like the next shiny object is always like such a big deal
1: it is a Probably not on day one, but somewhere around, you know, the first month or two of a coaching client, they'll bring something up. Hey, this would be a good idea. I said, nope, you don't have my permission. It's your business if you want to do it. But this is, let me tell you why you don't want to do that. Another way I'll say it, depending on where we are in our relationship, is I'll say, well, that's one way to think about it. Do you mind if I share another? <laughs> you know, you know, a little spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. I said, you can get this done and maybe this done, but you can't do these other four things and not do them well and or on time. But if you can do this right now, and for 60 days, we we get your podcast launched, we get your videos launched, we create a nice little brand for you on social media, and then we'll come and revisit the book. Cause that's gonna be like really intense 60, 90 days if you kind of follow what I say. So you do have to manage your time. One of the women I I coach said, she gave me a very big compliment. And then at the very end, it was a little teaser, but she said, smart marketing is anything. And Jim's also like the father who keeps me in line. I'm not that much older (laughs) than her, but but I have no problem being a little stern because I think that's what you're paying me for, right? Some of my clients call it Jim's tough love. Like I'm going to tell you exactly what I think because I have been through it all. I mean, I started broken debt, and I had real money issues. I had self-esteem issues. I kind of worked through all of that. So nobody can hide from me. So mm-hmm. I'm, I have no trouble. If you want me to help you build your business, I'm just going to tell you so, what, what we should be doing.
0: So people listening, what tools can they use that you're teaching your coaching clients? Is it time management? Is it what kind of things can they use? use now to get clarity or to not well, go after that next shiny object?
1: First of all, what's more important than almost the what is the who. The who, who are you trying to attract, right? So I'm, I'm working with a CPA right now. And he said, there's a lot of people that can't afford me. And then there's people who think they know it all. I said, well, then all we have to do is find the sweet spot and we're going to market to them. Right. If somebody's got multi shops and they've got, you know, 12 CPAs, they're not thinking they need your help to market their business. But the guy who's who's like barely doing 60 grand a year and is paying his his college loans and everything, he would love to learn from somebody like you. So you have to figure out the who because you're not meant to attract everybody. You know, I tend to work with clients, you know, in the in the six figure to, to maybe, you know, half a million dollar range. And I help get them up there faster and then move on. I have worked with clients in the seven figures, but the sweet spot for me is helping people that are kind of getting started. Maybe they're pre-six figures and they can't get over that hump. Cause one of the things that I learned, and I don't know if Lauren, if you've experienced this, the skill set that gets you to to your first hundred thousand is not the same one that's gonna get you to two fifty. And it's not the same one that's going to get you to 500 or 750 if that's where you want to go. Those are all different. And so you don't know that. And since you haven't been there, you don't know what's needed. That's why working with a coach is, is so imperative. Yeah,
0: it, it's so true. And, and managing your time and thinking, oh, I need this. And then I need to do this. So let's go back to when you were 41. You got terminated. You're, here you are, the primary breadwinner. Yes. And you've got four kids.
1: I mean, I did really well for myself. I was VP of marketing for this training company. And what it turned out, and I, the big lesson for me outside of the fact that this is what I was meant to do. So that was part of the process. I can look back and see that now. But then it was like, why is this happening to me? right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and to me, I'm like, well, this guy needed a, a life preserver, not a you know marketing guy. And I didn't consider, maybe I didn't do due diligence on the company, but I now know that was all part of the process to bring me into becoming an entrepreneur and you know helping a lot more people. So that was fine. When I lost my job, I came I remember I came home and told my wife Stephanie and I was so confident I said, "Not to worry. I'll be fielding multiple lucrative job offers in days, maybe weeks." Well, it turned a year later, I'm still unemployed. And I'm even adjusting my resume to like downward. Let me get in and build a name. So I'm in doing everything. Then 12 months into this unemployment, which just wrecked my confidence and self-esteem, I I got cancer. And so I had to go through that for two to three months. What I didn't share with you, because I tried to keep the story somewhat short, but so the end of August of 2001, while I'm going through meeting the surgeon, I'm interviewing for this position, <laughs> holding myself together. And I'm like, oh my gosh, could, could he see? can he see the stress on my face? Because I'm trying to pretend I'm just listening to him, right? <laughs> and I get this job offer. And then first week in September is 2001 is when I had my surgery. And I was going to be uh, hired to help franchise this chain of musical instrument stores, which was pretty cool. That would have been a really good job. Well, literally... Well I think it was about uh eight days later on september eleventh two thousand and one the attack that was some pretty scary times i mean it's everybody remembers there was no planes flying we didn't know what was happening. And so the job offer was rescinded with a, let's just hold and see where we're going. Well, it never materialized because that whole fall, we were preparing to go to war and all that. So I just got on my knees. I prayed for guidance and I was, I believe I was told to become an entrepreneur. All the experience that I'd had up till that point in my career led me to become an entrepreneur. I had no clue I'd be a coach. I'd published seven books. And I mean, I had no clue any of that was going to happen, but I just built one business. Then I built another and then In about three years, I built four more online businesses. And then people started asking me, how do you do all that? That's when I started coaching in 2009.
0: You just have no idea what's going to come from it.
1: You really do, I think. And I'm no expert on like addiction stuff, but I think you have to hit this very dark place because then somebody said, well, Jim, that's the only way, you know, the only, the only other place you can go is up. And it kind of felt like that because I went from being unemployed. Oh, I got cancer. Wait, I might have a job. I got a job. And then I got surgery and I'm kind of healing. I was laying on the couch when I saw the TV, you know, and all of a sudden that got taken away and I have no idea what to do anymore. I was completely drained emotionally. I literally got on my knees and says, I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do with my life? Become an entrepreneur. So yeah, that was a turning yeah. point. That was beginning of my uh, hope. I should call that my hope week.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and you just you just don't know. So, and you talk about authenticity, which... There's nothing more authentic. 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 Yes. There we go. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So you talk about that. So you want to expand on that a little bit?
1: You know, when I started filming videos, well, we lived near a lake when we were at the house and Stephanie and I had kayaks. And so When I started figuring out, I can't just sit at my desk and put my little tripod and talk to the camera or stand in front of my very impressive bookcase behind me. I said, let me go out. And what I kind of figured out is that there's got to be a combination of entertainment and information. And I don't mean like juggling flaming golf pins, but you got to do something. So I thought, wow, I got a little cup holder in the cockpit of my kayak if I'm very careful and I don't freak out, I'll put my camera in that and I'll go paddle. I used to go paddle every morning, like six o'clock. And so I turned the camera on. You can still see these on YouTube. And there's my camera. And I'm wearing my head So Hey, everybody, it's Jim Palmer of the newsletter guru, who I was at the time. And newsletter guru, I want to share with you some strategies on how to get your newsletter read, opened, etc. how to generate more repeating for us. I just did all these things, but I recorded them from my kayak. And then that's when my, my views started going up. As I was getting busier, I said, well, I got to walk my dog every day about three o'clock. Why don't I get a selfie stick and I'll walk my dog and say, hey, there's Toby. Hey, Toby, say hi to everybody. And views keep going up. <sighs> and so I was getting more comfortable just showing the other side of who I am other than Mr. Smart Business Guy and, but then I was getting ready to film an episode. I'm getting into the kayak and Lauren, I think it was about April. So it was kind of nice in the afternoon, but the water was still like probably 55 or 60 degrees, right? Yeah. So I filmed the intro. I said, Hey everybody, it's Jim Palmer, the newsletter guru. Today I want to tell you about this. Let's get going. And I paused the camera, then get myself in paddle and turn the camera back on. And I would just edit that. right? So I get in and My feet hit some green mossy stuff and I went into the water and I'm like holding my phone or my camera up in the air. But I was wet from about the waist down. And I'm like, first thing is, did anybody see that? And I was out there by myself. So I then get started and I'm like freezing. But I said, hey, you know what? The show must go. on. So I start the video and I thought they can probably see my lips turning blue. So, and the little voice in my head that is always there said, "Tell them what just happened." But I did it in a semi. I don't know. You know, I just fell in the water. I'm shivering, but you know what? The show must go on. And people commented, like, "Wow, I wish did anybody film it. Did anybody see (laughs) it? How cold was it, Jim?" And I'm like my being real and authentic and genuine and just in the moment is getting way more comments than me sharing my brilliant marketing. Right? Yeah. If, you do, if you do a straight marketing video, oh, you get however many views. And actually, I, so I kind of went with that and got more and more and more into just being who I am as a personality speaking. And my views went to on average when I my my videos, I'd launch them every single week. I did it for, for like uh, six years, never missed a week. And my views went to an average of a thousand views a week. Now, I don't know if that's a huge amount, but it was more than my marketing friends were getting <laughs> because I think I was just being my authentic self, Lauren. So, long answer, but th- that's what happened.
0: Yeah. That's all anybody wants to see is like you being you when you yeah. oh, go on. Yeah, definitely. So do you still send emails? Do you recommend emails or are emails? I still do gone? emails.
1: I still do social media for the most part, Facebook and LinkedIn. The day that uh, I'm no longer a businessman and need it, I'll probably be off of social media. You'll, you'll hopefully never find me. But social media is an important part of helping people get to know you. I don't share too many like funny cat stuff. I share my stuff. My recipe, if you will, for social media is I'll share something again. And this is, believe me, I'm poking fun at myself, my brilliant marketing advice. I'll share something that might be inspirational, maybe from a life perspective. I did share a, a lot about Stephanie and I in the boat and things that I learned. And then I might share something just completely off topic. We're into rescuing dogs and stuff. So I might share a picture of my dog, but that's about it. So it's three or four posts a day, almost every day. Usually don't post on Sunday other than, you know, grateful for another day, just something like that. But, yeah, yeah. but I, but I email, you know, email probably, uh, well, definitely once a week, cause I put out a, an email newsletter every um, Friday, but then we do some other stuff during the week to promote my, my live events. Like, you know, we had with you and email is not dead. Now it's not the be all end all because, you know, if you get an open rate of five or 6%, you're probably a rock star, (laughs) but you can't think of email. If you got a thousand people on your list, you got to figure very small amount is actually getting it. So it's not like I'm communicating with a thousand people just because you hit go.
0: Yeah, definitely. So what's the hardest challenge you've overcome and how did you do it?
1: Well, in business, the hardest challenge uh, was becoming a speaker. Mm -hmm. I had a lifelong major fear. I almost didn't graduate high school because I wouldn't stand up in English or history class and read from a book in front of everybody. So I'd make myself sick that day. (laughs) But when I became an author, people wanted me to start speaking. And I'm like, thank you for the offer. I'm actually traveling that week, blah, blah, blah. I'd lie my butt off because I didn't want to go speak in front of 100 people or whatever. I did, you know, Dale Carnegie course so many things. I did hypnosis. I did everything to overcome that. Well, it turns out I'm a good speaker and people like to hear what I have to say. So I've actually grown to like it, but that was one of the things that held me back. And the other, the flip side of that, so they're kind of actually the same is putting on my own live events. One of the best things you can do as a marketer, but especially as a coach is put on your own seminars. I put on eight two and a half day seminars called Dream Business Academy. But it took me so long to get the courage to do that because it's a big deal. Renting that space, the hotel wants you to spend X number of dollars on food and drink. You usually have to guarantee a certain number of sleeping rooms. And to me, it's like, what if nobody comes? I'm on the hook for that. And and then the other side, what if people do come and I get up there and I I say everything that I know in the first morning, what am I gonna do for two two more days? (laughs) So that's the what if brain, right? But yeah. I, I did eight sold out Dream Business Academy. So those were the two greatest fears that I was able to overcome in business.
0: Okay. How about personally?
1: Personal life. Uh, for a while, we kind of stayed close to the coast. I mean, when you're traveling from here to Florida, it's not like you're on lakes, you're on rivers, streams, et cetera. But then I think it was the third year we went about 21 miles off the coast. We went from New Jersey to Long Island. Instead of following the coast all the way up, we kind of took the shortest point in t- They're the shortest, just two points and boom. And we were out, out in the ocean by ourselves. I mean, I was like, it was fine. I trusted my boat, but it, it was a little bit nerve wracking. And the other part of that being on the boat was anchoring out at night. Usually when we got started, because we had the rescue dogs, we would be in a marina. So it'd be easier to walk them. But then we discovered anchoring out in the middle of nowhere is the most peaceful thing but you just don't sleep because I'm hearing every noise. Um, is the yeah. anchor holding? Are we going to hit shore? Is another boat going to hit us? It's just one of those things we we have learned to overcome. So many I call them fears, I guess you know. But we yeah. just we said yes, and we've had this amazing five year adventure.
0: <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> do you have moments for, that you feel like giving up, and if so, what do you do?
1: No, honestly, not. It's certainly in in the first couple of years. You know, my first. When I so um, that moment in uh, September of 2001 was the low point for me. I actually started my business in October 2001, and I didn't get my first client till no, till October of 2002. So, what I like to say, just to put a funny spin on it, my first year as a business owner was revenue free. So, <laughs> it took me that long to get my first client. Now, honestly, I never felt like giving up. In my darkest hours, I'm like, really. How much testing do I need? I really want this, okay? And so I, I I kept thinking, someday I'm going to meet the Lord, hopefully. I don't want him to say, why'd you give up? You were almost there. Man, you went 10 months and you gave up. So I, I just kept going. And what happened, Lauren, is th- that whole year I was planting seeds, the language I use today. I didn't know it then. But I'm calling on prospective clients, following up with them, calling, knocking on. And eventually, if you want to have a big harvest, if you plant enough seeds and nurture the seeds, you'll have a harvest. And I got another client, another client, another client. So all that initial year was me preparing the field, planting the seeds. And then I was off to the races.
0: Yeah, I can never remember what plant is. There's something that you don't see anything. No part of it comes up. And then suddenly it just grows. Yeah. I mean, however, like. Quite a while later, I can. I've heard that. I,
1: I don't know off you the top of my what? head, but I, I know what you're saying. I cannot what it is. And,
0: uh, <laughs> anyway, and so, yeah, it's the same. It's the same point. <laughs> do you have a message I hope you want to give?
1: Yeah, I do believe that uh, everybody is here for a reason. Mm-hmm. I believe we're here to serve each other. I think everybody has a God-given skill or talent, so you can either just use that in your private life, or if you happen to use that skill or talent and make it a business, become a small business owner, that's good too. Because when you fully take control of your life, and that's what I mean by the dream business, dream lifestyle, the the best way you can control your own life and destiny is to actually create it yourself, create your own economy, create your own future. Just, It's not easy, but if you have the courage and just do it. There's one thing, I have this, this is literally- I I was
0: going to ask you about your hourglass. 20 years ago.
1: This always reminds me from that very dark period in 2001 that the sand is always running out. It's one of the reasons, I mean, Stephanie and I were going to do it anyway, but it's one of the reasons we said, let's do it now. Because at 41, it's not like I was contemplating my future. Like, oh, hey, I got another 40 or 50 years to go. I, I just thought, mm, got a long way to go. <laughs> Suddenly, for like a, a period of time before my surgery, I didn't know if my average chance of being alive was, f- was five years or eight years or 50%. I didn't know. And But that really makes you think about, you know what? We should just do it now. Let's do it now because we don't know what the future holds. So do it now. Just say yes. Conquer your fears. Build your dream lifestyle. Uh, yeah,
0: I love that. And, and if you didn't bring it up, I was going to ask you about your hourglass because I just I love that. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. And of course, we'll have all of Jim's links and everything else on the website. So Thank you, you so much, Lauren. Them. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Jim's messages of trust, focus, and connection. Such great messages to take into your week ahead. Be sure to tune in next week for a special episode on five big lessons on how to improve your life and move your life forward. How to get to feel connected, confident, and really bolstered into your best life. It's the 100th episode and definitely a special one with special giveaways as well as a lot of really insightful knowledge that you get to use in your daily life if you're not already be sure to get on the email list so you don't miss anything also we're doing another giveaway celebration we're giving away my favorite journal again plus some 50 dollars amazon gift cards and we're celebrating the 100th episode of 52 weeks of hope with a couple other items Just leave a five-star rating and a review of the podcast. Take a picture of it and post it on social media so that you know that you did that. And if you don't know how to do that, just go to the website at 52weeksofhope.com and you can click on the link there. If you're enjoying the podcast, share the love and tell two of your friends. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.